Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of The World of Percy Jackson. In this episode we're going to read chapters 56 to 57 and in the previous episode we read chapters 52 to 55 and it looks like uh, we actually, so in the previous episode we saw both from Leo's perspective as well as Annabeth's perspective and Leo's ended off on a fascinating note. Uh, Leo and Calypso, Leo has been stuck on Ojigia for quite a while, and for a while, Leo and Calypso seem to hate each other, but now it may see it look like it's turning into potentially them liking each other, potentially that, hopefully, actually, that Calyp- that Leo will come back and rescue Calypso because I think that she deserves, both of them deserve their happy ending and i think that when leo comes back to rescue calypso which i'm really hoping it's gonna be a good time and then we ended that off with and started with annabeth and percy uh we left off with annabeth and percy facing Nyx, and then using their wits and cleverness clever clever abilities to trick Nyx and her children and be able to escape into the mansion of night i believe and they're still running through it so now we're going to read chapter 56 to see how exactly they're doing as they're running through this journey of darkness so chapter 56 annabeth annabeth percy pulled her back just as her foot hit the edge of a drop-off she almost pitched forward into who knew who knew what but percy grabbed her and wrapped her in his arms It's okay, he promised. She pressed her face into his shirt and kept her eyes closed tight. She was trembling, but not just from fear. Percy's embrace was so warm and comforting, she wanted to stay there forever, safe and protected. But that wasn't reality. She couldn't afford to relax. She couldn't lean on Percy any more than she had to. He needed her too. Thanks. She gently disentangled herself from his arms. Can you tell what's in front of us? Water, he said. I'm still not looking. I don't think it's safe yet. Agreed. I can sense a river. Or maybe it's a moat. It's blocking our path flowing left to right through a channel cut in the rock. The opposite side is about 20 feet away. Annabeth mentally scolded herself. She'd heard the flowing water, but she had never considered she might be running headlong into it. Is there a bridge, or... I don't think so, Percy said. And there's something wrong with the water. Listen. Annabeth concentrated. Within the roaring current, thousands of voices cried out, shrieking in agony, pleading for mercy. Help! They groaned. It was an accident! The pain! Their voices wailed. Make it stop! Annabeth didn't need her eyes to visualize the... A black, briny current filled with tortured souls being swept deeper and deeper into Tartarus. The river Acheron, she guessed. The fifth river of the underworld. I like the Phlegathon better than this, Percy muttered. It's the river of pain, the ultimate punishment for the souls of the damned. Murderers, especially. Murderers! The river wailed. Yes! Like you! Join us! Another voice whispered. You are no better than us. Ambit's head was flooded with images of all the monsters she'd killed over the years. That wasn't murder, she protested. I was defending myself. 
The river changed course through her mind, showing her Zoe Nightshade, who had been slain on Mount Tamalpas because she'd come to rescue Annabeth from the Titans. She saw Nico's sister, Bianca D'Angelo, dying in the collapse of the metal giant Talos because she also had tried to save Annabeth. Michael Yu and Selena Beauregard, who had died in the Battle of Manhattan. You could have prevented it, the river told Annabeth. You should have seen a better way. Most painful of all, Luke Castellan. Ameth remembered Luke's blood on her dagger after he'd sacrificed himself to stop Kronos from destroying Olympus. His blood is on your hands, the river wailed. There should have been another way. Ameth had wrestled with the same thought many times. She tried to convince herself Luke's death wasn't her fault. Luke had chosen his fate, still. She didn't know if his soul had found peace in the underworld or if he'd been reborn. Or if he'd been washed into Tartarus because of his crimes, he might have been one of the tortured voices flowing past right now. You murdered him, the river cried. Jump in and share his punishment. Percy gripped her arm. Don't listen. But I know. His voice sounded as brittle as ice. They're telling me the same stuff. I think... I think this moat must be the border of Knight's territory. If we get across, we should be okay. We'll have to jump. You said it was 20 feet. Yeah, you'll have to trust me. Put your arms around my neck and hang on. How can you possibly... There, cried a voice behind them. Kill the ungrateful Taurus. The children of Nyx had found them. Ambeth wrapped her arms around Percy's neck. Go! With her eyes closed, she could only guess how he managed it. Maybe he used a force of the river somehow. Maybe he was just scared out of his mind and charged with adrenaline. Percy leaped with more strength than she would have thought possible. They sailed through the air as the river churned and wailed below them, splashing Annabeth's bare ankles with stinging brine. Then, clump! They were on solid ground again. You can open your eyes, Percy said, breathing hard. But you won't like what you see. Ameth blinked. After the darkness of Nyx, even the dim red glow of Tartar seemed blinding. Before them stretched a valley big enough to fit the San Francisco Bay. The booming noise came from the entire landscape, as if thunder were echoing from beneath the ground. Under poisonous clouds, the rolling terrain glistened purple with dark red and blue scar lines. It looks like Ambeth fought down a revulsion. Like a giant heart. The heart of Tartarus, Percy murmured. The center of the valley was covered with a fine black fuzz of peppery dots. They were so far away, it took Annabeth a moment to realize she was looking at an army. Thousands, maybe tens of thousands of monsters, gathered around a central pinpoint of darkness. It was too far to see any details, but Annabeth had no doubt what the pinpoint was. Even from the edge of the valley, Annabeth could feel its power tugging at her soul. The doors of death. Yeah. Percy's voice was hoarse. He still had the pale, wasted complexion of a corpse, which meant he looked about as good as Annabeth felt. She realized she'd forgotten all about their pursuers. What happened to Nyx? She turned. Somehow, they'd landed several yards away from the banks of Akron, which flowed through a channel cut into black volcanic hills. Beyond that was nothing but darkness. No sign of anyone coming after them. Apparently, even the minions of night didn't like to cross the Akron. 
She was about to ask Percy how he had jumped so far when she'd heard the skittering of a rock slide in the hills to the left. She drew her Dracon bone sword. Percy raised Riptide. A patch of glowing white hair appeared over the ridge, then a familiar grinning face with pure silver eyes. Bob? Annabeth was so happy she actually jumped. Oh my gods! Friends! The titan lumbered toward them. The bristles of his broom had been burned off. His janitor's uniform was slashed with new claw marks. But he looked delighted. On his shoulder, small Bob the kitten purred almost as loudly as the pulsing heart of Tartarus. I found you! Bob gathered them both in a rib-crushing hug. You look like smoking dead people! That is good! Ugh. Percy said. How did you get here? Through the mansion or... of night? No, no. Bob shook his head adamantly. That place is too scary. Another way. Only good for titans and such. Let me guess, Annabeth said. You went sideways. Bob scratched his chin, evidently at a loss of words. Hmm. No. More. Diagonal. Annabeth laughed. Here they were at the heart of Tartarus, facing an impossible army. She would take any comfort she could get. She was ridiculously glad to have Bob the, kin- the Titan with them again. She kissed his immortal nose, which made him blink. We stay together now? He asked. Yes, Annabeth agreed. Time to see if this death mist works. And if it doesn't? Percy stopped himself. There's no point in wondering about that. They're about to march into the middle of an enemy army. If they were spotted, they were dead. Despite that, Annabeth managed to smile. Their goal was in sight. They had a titan with a broom and a very loud kitten on their side. That had to count for something. Doors of death, she said. Here we come. And that's the end of chapter 56. A rather short chapter, but a very meaningful chapter nonetheless. Um, I think that definitely this entire journey of Tartarus is, you know, it's definitely going to be, it's definitely going to be interesting how it's going to affect them even after they come back if when they come back to half blood and i'm really hoping they do um it's gonna be fascinating to see how this entire trip to tartarus has changed them i mean i think that relationship wise i think percy's and annabits are gonna is definitely gonna be as strong as ever and i think that seeing how how horrible the conditions are at tartarus but yet still seeing their love for each other I think that just makes it, that's, that's what makes it bearable to see, you know, it's, it's that one thing, that one silver line that they're holding on to, and I think that that silver line is going to be a really, really powerful thread when they continue to hang on to that as they travel to through Tartarus. So when we come back, we're actually going to start reading from Jason's perspective, see how that group is doing, and see what they're up to. So yeah, right after the break, we're going to we're going to read chapter 57 and go straight into the Q&A session. So see you then. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24/7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back from the ads, and now we're going to read chapter 57, Jason. Jason wasn't sure what to hope for, storm or fire. As he waited for his daily audience with the Lord of the South Wind, he tried to decide which of the gods' personalities, Roman or Greek, was worse. But after five days in the palace, he was only certain about one thing. He and his crew were unlikely to get out of here alive. He leaned against the balcony rail. The air was so hot and dry, it sucked the moisture right out of his lungs. Over the last week, his skin had gotten darker. His hair had turned as white as corn silk. Whenever he glanced in the mirror, he was startled by the wild, empty look in his eyes, as if he'd gone blind wandering the desert. A hundred feet below, the blade glittered against a crescent of red sand beach. They were somewhere on the northern coast of Africa. That's as much as the wind spirits would tell him. The palace itself stretched out on either side of him, a honeycomb of halls and tunnels, balconies, colonnades, and cavernous rooms carved into the sandstone cliffs, all designed for the wind to blow through and make as much noise as possible. The constant pipe organ sounds reminded Jason of the floating lair of Aeolus back in Colorado, except here the wind seemed in no hurry, which was part of the problem. On their best days, the southern venti were slow and lazy, on the worst days, they were gusty and angry. They'd initially welcomed the Argo II since any enemy of Boreas was a friend of the South Wind, but they seemed to have forgotten that the demigods were their guests. The Venti had quickly lost interest in helping repair the ship. Their king's mood got worse every day. Down at the dock, Jason's friends were working on the Argo II. The mainsail had been repaired, the rigging replaced, now they were mending the oars. Without Leo, they were unable to repair the more complicated parts of the ship. Even with the help of Buford, the table, and Festus, who was now permanently activated thanks to Piper's charm speak, and none of them understood that. But they kept trying. Hazel and Frank stood at the helm, tinkering with the controls. Piper relayed their commands to Coach Hedge, who was hanging over the side of the ship, banging out dents in the oars. Hedge was well suited for banging on things. They didn't seem to be making much progress, but considering what they'd been through, it was a miracle the ship was in one piece. Jason shivered when he thought about Keon's attack. He'd been rendered helpless, frozen solid not once, but twice. Leo was blasted into the sky, and Piper was forced to save them all single-handedly. Thank the gods for Piper. She considered herself a failure for not having stopped the wind bomb from exploding, but the truth was she'd saved the entire crew from becoming ice sculptures in Quebec. She'd also managed to direct the explosion of the icy sphere. So even though the ship had been pushed halfway across the Mediterranean, it had sustained relatively minor damage. Down at the dock, Hedge yelled, Try it now! A Hazel and Frank pulled some of the levers. The port oars went crazy. Chopping up and down and doing the wave, Coach Hedge tried to dodge, but once smacked him in the rear and launched him into the air. He came down screaming and splashed into the bay. Jason sighed. At this rate, they'd never be able to sail, even with the, if the southern venti allowed them to. Somewhere in the north, Reyna was flying toward Epirus, assuming she'd gotten his note at Diocletian's palace. 
Leo was lost and in trouble. Percy and Annabeth, well, best case scenario, they were still alive, making their way to the doors of death. Jason couldn't let them down. A rustling sound made him turn. Nico D'Angelo stood in the shadow of the nearest column. He shed his jacket. Now he just wore his black t-shirt and black jeans. His sword and scepter of Diocletian hung on either side of his belt. Days in the hot sun hadn't tanned his skin. If anything, he looked paler. His dark hair fell over his eyes. His face was still gaunt. But he was definitely better in shape when, than when they left Croatia. He had regained enough weight to not look starved. His arms were surprisingly taut with muscles as if he'd spent that last week sword fighting. And for all Jason knew, he'd been slipping off to practice raising spirits with Diocletian's scepter and sparring with them. After the expedition and split, nothing would surprise him. Any word from the king? Nico asked. Jason shook his head. Every day, he calls for me later and later. We need to leave, Nico said. Soon. Jason had been having the same feeling, but hero Nico saying it made him feel even edgier. You sense something? Percy is close to the doors, Nico said. He'll need us if he's going to make it through alive. Jason noticed that he didn't mention Annabeth. He decided not to bring that up. All right, Jason said, but if we can't repay the repair the ship, I promise you I'd lead the House of Hades. Nico said, one way or another, I will. You can't shadow travel with all of us, and it will take all of us to reach the doors of death. The orb at the end of Diocletian's spear scepter glowed purple. Over the past week, it seemed to have aligned itself to Nico D'Angelo's moods. Jason wasn't sure that was a good thing. Then you've got to convince the king of the south wind to help. Nico's voice seethed with anger. I didn't come all this way. Suffer so many humiliations. Jason had to make a conscious effort not to reach for his sword. Whenever Nico got angry, all of Jason's instincts said, screamed, Danger! Look, Nico, he said. I'm here if you want to talk about, you know, what happened in Croatia. I get how difficult. You don't get anything. Nobody's going to judge you. Nico's mouth twisted in a sneer. Really? That'll be a first. I'm the son of Hades, Jason. I might as well be covered in blood or sewage the way people treat me. I don't belong anywhere. Not even from the century. But even that's not enough to set me apart. I've got to be... To be... Dude! It's not like you've got a choice. It's just who you are. Just who I am. The balcony trembled. Patterns shifted in the stone floor, like bones coming to the surface. <sighs> Easy for you to say. You're everyone's golden boy. The son of Jupiter. The only person who ever accepted me was Bianca, and she died. I didn't choose this. My father... My feelings? Jason tried to think of something to say. He wanted to be Nico's friend. He knew that was the only way to help, but Nico wasn't making it easy. He raised his hands in submission. Yeah, okay. But Nico, you do choose how to live your life. You want to trust somebody? Maybe take a risk. Then I'm really your friend, and I'll accept you. It's better than hiding. The floor cracked between them. The crevice hissed. The air around Nico shimmered with spectral light. Hiding? Nico's voice was deadly quiet. Jason's fingers itched to draw a sword. He meant plenty of scary demigods, but he was starting to realize that Nico D'Angelo, as pale and gaunt as he looked, might be more than he could handle. Nevertheless, he held Nico's gaze. Yes, hiding. You've run away from both camps. You're so afraid you'll get rejected that you won't even try. Maybe it's time you come out of the shadows. 
Just when the tension became unbearable, Nico dropped his eyes. The fissure closed on the balcony floor. The ghostly light faded. I'm going to honor my promise, Nico said, not much louder than a whisper. I'll take you to Everest. I'll help you close the doors of death. Then that's it. I'm leaving. Forever. Behind them, the doors of the throne room blasted open with a gust of scorching air. A disembodied voice said, Lord Oster will see you now. As much as he dreaded this meeting, Jason felt relieved. At the moment, arguing with our crazy wind god seemed safer than befriending an angry son of Hades. He turned to tell Nico goodbye, but Nico had disappeared, melting back into darkness. And that's the end of chapter 57. Rather short chapters today, but nonetheless, again, very meaningful. This time, we can now see that the relationship between Jason and Nico is going to be quite interesting. And I think that when we look at Nico's perspective, it really does make sense. I mean, given his past experiences, it definitely makes sense that he has put his walls up a little bit. And that it's a bit harder for him to trust anybody, especially after what happened with Bianca. So I think that, you know, his actions are justified for. and But, you know, sometimes they are taken a bit too much, like potentially summoning an entire ghost army. <laughs> but um, I do really hope that Nico finds happiness. I think that he has been through so much. I genuinely hope that... He's able to find someone that he trusts. Maybe that's Jason. Maybe that's someone else. But I really do hope that he's able to find someone and someone that he's able to confide in. Someone he's able to, you know, be able to return to potentially a little bit of the old Nico. The one that enjoyed life as it was. And, you know, obviously, as someone grows, you know, the way they think about life and everything grows as well. But I think that with Nico and all the things he's been through, I think that his outlook on life and in general, uh, I, I, I hope he starts to, you know, become a bit more happier with where he is if he finds some friends um, or at least gets someone he can trust. But yeah, that is the end of our chapters i we are now moving on to the q a and shout out session if you any of you guys would like me to shout out your name please let me know in this episode and i'll try my best to get you in the next episode uh same thing with questions um and as i always like to say if i forget your shout out name or if i forget your question uh do please let me know and i will try my best to get you in the next um episode uh, I would also like to add that disclaimer again that sometimes I may not answer questions because they're a bit too personal for me. Um, nothing wrong on everyone's part. Uh, it's just for me, it's a bit uncomfortable to answer at the moment. Um, so yeah, uh, don't feel hurt if I don't a- answer your question, but um, sometimes that's the reason why. Uh, yeah, so now we're going to move on to the shout out session. Uh, number one, MJ Fingus. Number two, me, I. Uh, this also had a bunch of smiling emojis. Uh, number three, Persassi. Number four, Graham. And number five, hashtag Team Leo. And number six, hashtag, hashtag Team Piper. Once again, if I miss any of your shoutouts, do please let me know. And I will try my best to get you in the next episode. Now, moving on to the questions. What would you choose? A dagger that can grow longer into a lance or spear that you can't wear or a sword that you can't wear? 
but also can turn into a motorcycle that doesn't run out of fuel. I like the sword. The sword that turns into a motorcycle seems epic. I would love to have that. Um, number two, what demigod would you want to see in the new series? Um, I think I would definitely... My bias for Leo uh, will definitely be there. So I would love to see some Leo action in there. Um, but I'd love to see the original gang. Maybe get some Reyna in there. Um, if Octavian potentially changes his ways and maybe also develops character and realizes everything he's been doing wrong, maybe him. Um, Coach Hedge, definitely. A bit of Grover. I, I think we're missing some Grover action in here. Um, Tyson, um, you know, I think it'd be great if I could see, like, a bunch of everybody. It's kind of like a little bit of a reunion. I'd love to see that in the new book. Um, next question is, are you going to read Trials of Apollo, Trials of Apollo after Heroes of Olympus? Um, I do believe so, yes. Uh, I'm trying my best to read in chronological order, so, uh, if my sources are correct, uh, Trials of Apollo is after Heroes of Olympus in chronological order, so I will be doing that. Um, however, when we start getting into spinoffs and everything, uh, maybe, maybe there'll be a little bit of interaction in which, which one I can read. I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to see. Um, next question is, would you join a Percy Jackson role play, role play, and what are your thoughts on them? Um, I think they're pretty cool. Uh, I don't know my, uh, necessarily about me joining one, but I'd love to see one. Uh, I think that that'd be really epic to see um, a role play on that. I I definitely enjoy seeing that one. Um, who knows if I if I really um, if I if I'm able to put in the time and effort, which it does take a lot of time and effort. I really applaud those people for that. I'll probably, I'd love to try it someday. Um, but yeah. Uh, next question is, do you have a job or career that you think you would want to do someday? Um, I would definitely like to do something with the fantasy genre. Uh, whether that's graphic design, websites, video games, author, something like that. That'd be really cool. I really enjoy that. Or performance-based, like a voice artist. That'd be really cool. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely would like to try a lot of things, um, so that I can gain experience in a lot of things. Uh, next question is, do you like to listen to Taylor Swift? Uh, yeah, Taylor Swift has a, uh, Taylor Swift has some pretty good songs. Uh, next question is, can you read the Sword of Hades, which is a short story at the end of the book? Um, yeah, I think I can do that. I, I, I will make sure to, I will try my best to remember that. Uh, next question is, who's my favorite character? Leo. And next question is, do you like cats or dogs or more? I like both of them. Can choose. And that's the end of, of the Q&A session. I hope you guys enjoyed that just as much as I did. And once again, if you guys uh, would like to ask me a question or a shout out, uh, be sure to check out Spotify. There should be an option there to be able to have questions and you can directly you know ask me to give me a shout out and i hopefully i will be able to get that to you in the next episodes so yeah i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and until next week stay safe and stay out of boredom